We wanted a way that agents could hone their craft and be a part of a larger community, get the resources they need and information they need to know. We cover relevant topics in the industry that will help you close more sales. We talk to top producers and industry leaders to share knowledge and best practices from around the country. So if you want to make more sales, then listen up because we're dropping gold. Hey guys, it's Eric with Medicare Supplement University and I'm back with the one and only Brandon Clay. And in this segment, we are excited to talk about something that everybody wants to talk about. Now remember, the university is a system and in it, not only do you learn about product, marketing, sales, lead generation, um, the biggest of those is you need, all, you, need, you need the first three, but lead generation, the way you get in front of people is one of the most crucial elements of it all because again, without putting action behind all this knowledge you're learning, all of this is useless. And so the biggest way to start getting in front of people is through lead generation and the different methods that we go through. Today, we're talking about an awesome way that Brandon gets in front of people and the way he trains agents to get in front of people for either, is it now final expense or Medicare Advantage, which, or is it both? No, both. And actually, we can certainly talk about the two topics, and they're both kind of unique in the way that you'll go about being uh, successful with it. Uh, but no, we actually engage both methods. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, and again, you, you mentioned uh, a lot of this technique in your book, right? Uh, which I got to grab that real quick. I have it. Like I said, I've started reading it and super solid. Oh, someone's calling me. Uh, super solid book. Let me see if I can. There it is. So this book, guys, I recommend go on Amazon. That's where you can find it is on Amazon and you can get access to this. And oh, Hold on one second. Hey, I'm on a call. I didn't mean to call you. Sorry, that was my thing. It accidentally hit you. Okay, cool. Talk to you later. Um, yeah, but yeah, so this book is a book that I recommend you guys get. You're gonna outline in here this lead generation method that we're gonna talk about. So Brandon, tell us, how is it that you get in front of prospects with your, um, your brilliant design? Well, you know, and Eric, maybe, and thank you for the book plug. Um, and it's funny, when I wrote that book in 2011, conceptually, uh, people didn't see the connection between using final expense as the chassis for Medicare Advantage. We had just come out of an era, 2006, seven and eight, where we were able to door knock, cold call, do all the, what are now prohibitive activities. And then with MIFA 2008 forward, no more cold calling. You have to do very specific outreach. And the phenomenon was, as I was with a carrier, Care Improvement Plus at the time, that because I had a year-round product with special election period, whether it was dual special needs or diabetic, chronic heart failure products, agents were able to sell during the year, but largely after December 7th, after uh, the uh, AEP was instituted, December 8th, agents were going fishing. They were going home. They had nothing left to do. And I remember telling agents back when I was still on the carrier side, so I was limited in what I might be able to tell them, why aren't you still selling these things? People still need them. People still want them at that time. People still had elections, dual, LIS, and chronic. And the phenomenon was 
it's too expensive to do direct mail. My FMO is not giving me leads. And I'm like, why in the world would you leave your devices and your future and your livelihood to a process that's only designed to cultivate cyclically based on AEP and the mad rush when I need to pay my rent all during the year. And a little funny thing here, Eric, it dates me a little bit now that the OEP is back. I used to tell agents when I trained them, did you make enough in the AEP and the OEP to pay your RENT for the next nine months? And the answer would be no. Yeah, I remember the OEP. I remember, I, and I feel like, man, that it, it, it's like OEP was a big deal for a while, then it went away, now it's back, you know. So, and I'm gonna get into the meat of it here in a moment, but after I left, after United Healthcare purchased care improvement, and I was sitting there thinking, if I were an agent today, what would I do? And so six hours to six figures, the genesis of it was working with final expense agents, low cost leads. Yes, you can door knock. Don't be scared of the word door knock because it's final expense. And it gives you great revenue up front, but then the renewals aren't great. But you have a client and once there is an EBR established existing business relationship, if I sold you uh, XYZ life insurance a week ago, I can call you and say, Mr. Piero, this is Brandon. I sold you XYZ final expense a year, a week ago, six months ago, a year ago. You're still my transactional relationship. I want to come out during the OEP and talk to you about your Medicare options, the AEP, pardon me, and talk about your Medicare options. I can do that. So step one for me in the first part of the chassis is get a final expense client. Um, and once you've got that client established, you can layer on Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, Indemnity. And in a moment, I'll give you a, a pause here. We can talk about doing very specific Medicare Advantage marketing throughout the year. But to me, final expense is just so obvious. Uh, and I'll give a little a story about that in a moment. But to me, you should be doing both types of activity and you should be selling and rolling and marketing all year long, not just in an AEP, OEP cycle. Yeah, and I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're the agents who, everyone's going to have, I think, a different idea of what they want to reach in order to be considered successful. And that's completely okay. But if you're somebody who says, I want to make 200 grand, 300 grand, 400 grand, it's going to be really difficult to do that within just an AEP window. There are people who make six figures from Medicare just in that AEP window, you know, but you know, you're talking about a hundred thousand and that's a lot of money. Okay. But I just think that if you want to reach the higher levels, you need to implement better strategies that can keep you working all year long and also implementing other products, just like you're saying. Well, so I think the, at the heart of that, in terms of lead generation, number one, yes, is to have a portfolio mindset. Not to, you know, we, we talked in our last segment about a little bit of turning up the nose at med advantage if you're meds up and vice versa. How dare you sell them $150 a month plan F when there's a perfectly good zero premium EPO sitting here. To me, it's that tomato, tomato. I think you actually have to, as we talked about, sell both. But then additionally, you need a lead generation device that you can count on for year-round activity if that's your goal. But I absolutely agree, Eric. Uh, even on the front cover of the book, it says from zero to $100,000 in 12 to 18 months. And Tony Horton, P90X, uh, in 2012, I took 30 agents through that concept. And of that group, 18 of them, within about a year, year and a half, some of them at two years, were over $100,000 of linear first year income 
And now if I could go back and track those agents, I know most of them are now, you know, six years later at $100,000 renewal income. And in most cases, final expense was the chassis or they invest in their business constantly to generate Medicare leads, specifically dual special needs, chronic, LIS opportunity, agents. But to the point where you stop spending money or stop seeking prospects, your pipeline's gonna dry up and then you're just at the, at the whim and mercy of season. Uh, I just, I think agents have a better uh, ability to control their destiny than to wait for something to happen. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I agree. And so um, if I guess, do you, since I'm not done with the book in the book, is it pretty much a blueprint of how agents can use final expenses, the chassis to get in front of Medicare advantage members later on? Well, absolutely. And the book is predicated on that, as an approach, but it does speak specifically about Medicare Advantage, uh, um, direct mail, uh, community-based approaches, which we discussed a little bit last time. And to the degree that the agent has the, the ability to wait out the pipeline curve, and, and I'll explain that a little better, I can get a final expense lead today and door knock today and have a check tomorrow. I mean, it can literally be that quick. If an agent has enough revenue coming in and their lives are not so based on what they generate today and the immediacy of it, then yes, being able to work through community centers and uh, community approaches and CBSs and filing events, that takes a couple of weeks to months to see the first fruit of activity. But if I then also decide I'm going to spend money on direct mail for Medicare Advantage specifically or Medicare products at large, I've got to make an investment but by the time the lead comes back, I go and see the person and sell the case, there's a little more lead time involved. So I love the immediacy of the next day payment on final expense. It does definitely help because I think one thing we didn't touch on yet is um, payment with Medicare Advantage. It, it, it has greatly changed. That's one of the big changes that that's been happening over time. I mean, first... I mean, when it first came out, it was the wild, wild west. Like, man, the commissions were insane. And, uh, <laughs> and then that got corrected with MIPA. Um, and so they standardized the commission structure for agents. And then um, on top of that, within the past couple of years, they actually stopped. It used to be that they would basically advance you. Anytime you wrote a piece of business, regardless of when you wrote it, you'd get advanced a year's worth of premium or payment. Now it's no longer that way. Now they're actually prorating or is, it, is that even the right word, prorating? Yeah, they're prorating you. So explain a little bit about that and why, why that's even more important to, to really uh, utilize the method you're talking about to, to offer a different product. Well, so thanks for that lead in, Eric. I think you're you know right on top of what I'm thinking. So in building, it's not to go back to the book, but I tried to build a concept and a process that would level out the high-end mercurial ups and downs, the cyclical. And when Medicare was able... Medicare Advantage, you were able to get advanced. Let's imagine in the original AEPs that were instituted a few years back, October 15th, December 7th, you could write it October 15th and actually get a check the, uh, uh, October 3rd or 30th, sorry. Two weeks later, you got a check. Now you sell from October 15th to December 7th. You don't get a check until January 3rd, February 1, just depends on the carrier. You're literally waiting almost 90 days for the activity to pay you. 
And so kind of back to one of these little euphemism um, that I used is, you know, with, you're selling from October 15th to December 7th. Who's going to buy the Thanksgiving turkey? Who's going to buy the Christmas ham? You haven't gotten a check. So you're going to need final expense, pays in real time, indemnity, pays in real time, Medicare supplements, pays on issue or on uh, draft. You've got a way to make some money, but if you're a total myopic Medicare Advantage agent, you better have a way to get through Thanksgiving and Christmas. And by the time your payment comes in, it's just in time for Valentine's Day and just in time for taxes. But in order to level that out, you need other products, other lead generation devices that give you a way to make income throughout the year. That's a, yeah, and it's so important because, you know, back, I remember when um, we had some carriers back in the day that didn't pay agent direct, they only paid the FMO. So they would pay us the entire check of what the downline produced, and then we'd have to divvy up all the payments and pay them and it was I just I always remembered around Christmas time our phones were getting lit up because they were like God I gotta buy presents I gotta buy this I gotta buy that you know and and that's really that's you're you're basically outlining what it's still like if your focus is only on Medicare Advantage then that's the kind of position you're gonna be in and unless you've built up a nice renewal stream obviously but um, you know I would just for, for a lot of people getting into the marketplace I think that it's gonna be important that if you're in a heavily, heavily um, saturated Medicare Advantage area, which if you live in a lot of rural areas, I live in Phoenix, so it's a very rural area, heavily saturated, and you're not going to sell over the phone because that's my one outlet because I sell over the phone. I sell in all the states, and so I can go to all the rural areas and still make money throughout the year. Um, Advantage-wise, if you're going to focus just in your local area and you're saturated by MA, then, then for sure you need to learn how to cross-sell a different product or use another product as your chassis so that you can so that you can still make a good living. And here's the thing. I mean, for the extra effort, it's not like it's it's a, a pain in the butt so that you know you could just so that you can get the MA sale. I mean, you're gonna reap some some serious reward for selling final expense on top of doing MA. So it's something that you should actually strive to do, not feel like it's a burden or an annoyance or whatever. It's something you should strive to do because you know, they always say this is something that, that it's, you know, it's been very um very clearly made in the in the marketplace that if you have two or more products with the customer that retention will always be so much stronger so why not why only have one product with them when you can have several right so Limra puts out those statistics relative to multiple products in the home and, and look that's just I'll use the word common sense but somehow counterintuitively we don't do it and actually, when you've got multiple products in the house and you're seen as more of an advisor, you're going to get more referrals, higher persistency. And look, on my shirt here, I don't know if you guys can see it, uh, the organization that I, I uh, am the VP for, we actually designated as a senior market advisor. And if we think about it, and, and not to again digress, but at some point, I would love to know that on, on the Medicare University, we're going to talk about uh, fiscal uh, common sense. I mean, some somehow agents that are writing two and three hundred thousand of final expense a year are always broke, uh, or they're not able to make it through the window of the AEP waiting on a January check. So it's not always a byproduct of limited production. Sometimes it's management. But if we have a multiple uh, opportunity in front of us, it gives us a chance to grow our business, build our books, 
increase our persistency, increase our referrals, and that's such a win-win. And, and there's a few things. Look, years ago, uh, I've trained, and, and not to be high-minded here, but I've trained tens of thousands of agents in 22 years. I mean, it's a long tenure, and, and that's not all at once. But at one, one of the meetings, I actually apologized to them for having taken away their check-writing, asking muscle. I said, there's too many of you in here that are so acclimated to zero premium, you couldn't ask for an $80 final expense check. Yeah, great point. So, but but in, on the opposite end of that spectrum, kind of diametrically opposed, I've got a final expense agent who's predisposed to knock on that door, pass that threshold, get to the kitchen table and take that $80, but they're leaving the Medicare Advantage or supplement behind. And so I do it like this, and then they will maybe start to button up around lead generation. Final expense is the easiest to learn, hard to sell. It's click, clack, contract, no AHIP, no 90%, no certification, no product. But I got to build a need. I have to sell the need. And unless a brother-in-law passed yesterday, they don't want it. They don't need it. Did you leave my house? Easiest to learn, hardest to sell. Medicare products broadly, hard to learn, easy to sell. It's a living benefit. They need it. They want it. They use it every day. They go to the pharmacy every week. They go to their doctor every month. They go to their specialist every quarter. So when you see it from that angle, it's back to the radio analogy we used about Medicare supplement, Medicare Advantage. I believe an agent should be leveraging life insurance, final expense, Medicare products, Advantage and supplement, and indemnity. That triumvirate of products is enough for you to level out those smooth, uh, make the, the rough places smooth, build a six-figure linear, and then ultimately a six-figure renewal. And that can be done more uh, readily and more uh, easily than most agents probably think. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that ancillary uh, products are something that, is, that, that agents are leaving on the table a lot. It's actually something that I added to the university, cross-selling lump sum cancer plans, cross-selling hospital indemnity plans, which is both are perfect fits for people who have MA. So if throughout the year you're running across leads that are MA, you can't do anything with, you can sell a hospital indemnity plan to help fill the gaps. You can sell a cancer plan because almost all MAs have a 20% coinsurance when it comes to radiology treatment and, and chemotherapy treatment. So there's a big hole there when it comes to cancer. So a, a lump sum cancer plan is perfect. Um, and you know, I, I think that there, although there are plans out there that have dental or vision coverage, it's still not necessarily all plans. In fact, I mean, for sure, it's not all plans. And so there's another, there's always a lot, a gap there where you can offer a dental vision hearing plan. But, but all of those, you know, again, create what you call the existing business relationship so that when the time comes, you can call back your client and start talking about Medicare. Let's take a look at what I'd like to call, because I want to make sure this is a focus on lead generation, even though cost selling is sort of the pivot, it's the fulcrum on which the lever that moves the world is going to be built on. If I'm not cross selling, then I'm actually hunting for one thing. And that means if I drop a lead and the one thing I'm hunting for is not a byproduct of that lead or the opportunity, they're not qualified, they're already on a best fit MA plan, any number of iterations, I'm sunk. I can't pivot to another product. So let's let's hone in on the fact that we need as the fulcrum of the base of that lever a triumvirate of products final expense ma meds up and indemnity and ancillary cancer dental vision but now every time an agent calls me and says i need leads what are you going to do for me i said well first of all what are you selling now how do you make your living 
Um, and unless you're in the poorhouse, you're selling something. So I'm selling life. Then immediately, I'd say you're calling all those people to show them something else. If you tell me you're an MA agent and I've got uh, 50, 60 people on the books, I can almost assure you done properly, there's 30, 40% conversion to hospital indemnity, cancer vision, hearing plans in that mix. So don't talk to me about investing, give, asking me for three leads until you've done everything that's in your house. So yes. your current book of business, whatever it is, is going to leverage, be leveraged for new opportunity. The next wave would be some form of, so back to final expense and or MEDSA. I can door knock, I can cold call, mindful of do not call listing. I can do a lot of things that don't cost me a dime to get in front of people for those products. It takes chutzpah, it takes guts, it takes some amount of, 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 of front end psychological desire. I mean, you're gonna have to really be a soldier, a warrior to cold call or door knock on final expense or MEDSA. But it's being done, and if anybody else can do it, why not you? But if you've got resources, you've got $400 for a mail drop. Would you, Brandon, would you ask, would you suggest I drop final expense, or would you suggest I drop MA? And the answer there would be, it depends. If I'm doing something outside of the AEP, and I don't really have a fix on my dual special needs or my low income subsidy opportunity, I'm gonna drop final expense. Response rates will be higher, and my conversions will be good. It's hard work, but it will be worth it. But for every one of those, and within this organization where we call them senior market advisors, we're doing that predominantly. Our organization does about 80 million. We will do about 80 million in final expense. But the average prototype agent is doing two to 3,000 a week in final expense and writing two to three MAs every week off that chassis because largely final expense leads are gonna be dual special needs and LIS because it's a lower income group. But if I had, if it's the AEP, I'm actually gonna drop Medicare Advantage direct mail. I'm gonna use one of the um, preferred mail houses that have generic pieces. We're pulling right now two and a quarter, I'm sorry, two and three quarter, three and a quarter response rates and it's still early. But I drop a thousand, I get 35 leads back, I convert 60, 70%. Now I'm off and running. And that $400 investment generated the equivalent of 30 sales. I'm at 9,000. My ROI is fantastic on that, but most agents don't do it. And I know I'm now kind of off on that soapbox. I just believe agents have more control over their outcomes than they believe, but you've got to be willing to invest in the systems uh, and trust the metrics of the law of large numbers and do enough of it to generate activity. I, uh, and again, I 100% agree that, um, you know, so much of, of production comes down to mentality. Agents need to really realize that we have such a tremendous opportunity in the senior market. Like the sky is the limit. But again, it still comes down to the agent saying, well, I'm going to have to work hard. I think that sometimes too many, too many people have seen stories of, of, of people who, who maybe have some kind of huge renewal book and think that it was like somehow easy or they just want to be like, oh, I saw that he just took a one-month vacation, but and they don't realize how hard he had to bust his butt to even get to that point. It, you know, one of the big things that I always say, like, this isn't a get-rich-quick business. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's a long game, you know, uh, or a get-rich-steady business. You know, it takes time. It takes time. Uh, but the, the longer you wait to start implementing these practices, 
that's just time that you're taking away. That's the, the, the biggest thing we have working against us is time. You know? So Eric, and maybe again, not to take away from maybe what the agenda you have is, but that's another kind of overarching thing. We're at a period of time. I was here in 96 when all of this started. It was United Healthcare's first wave and entree into Medicare Advantage or Medicare risk. I was very lucky. So the last 22 years, I've seen so many evolutions, so many iterative progressions of this business. But singularly, as it relates to the number of people turning 65, the penetration rates going from 33, 36 to 41, MedSup being certainly a valuable, even with MACRA, I'm not worried about 2020. It just is what it is. We'll adapt, we'll evolve, we'll adjust. I've now, I'm on Brandon 7.0 as it relates to Medicare. I've had to change seven times. That being said, I don't know if you've sensed it, but you described it in our last segment. The lowering of premium, the raising of benefits, the raising of the population, and the penetration rates going high, this is one of the rarest times in our history of Medicare Advantage, Medicare generally, where an agent that is hustling will have an easier time. An agent that's not hustling can have a limited amount of success, kind of like the 2006, 7, 8 heyday. It's a little bit of a repeat of that. But for an agent that is organized, systematic, and institutionalizing their approaches, which means they're doing it consistently, they're not just haphazard, it's a boom time for those agents. Yeah. And if you want in, and I always say you got to get ready and be ready. But if you want to get in, the universe is still here because carriers will tell you there are not enough agents who are operating institutionally, systemically, and professionally. They're just order takers waiting on zero premium and the doctor to fit and the meds to fit and everything to be just too easy. There's a place for that group. But the ones that come a little more, go a little deeper, as we described, this is uh, one of the best times I've ever seen in 22 years. Yeah. And I think that um, on every front, you know, Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, final expense, for me, my biggest, my biggest driving force in terms of being able to scale your growth is the fact that you can now do more and more over the phone, which you, just like my agency is set up now more as a call center. So I have agents that uh, are employed here in the office and we're, we're growing, we're growing. So but the more products that we can put in their hands to cross out, A, the better for them, you know, so that they can make more sales, more money, the better for everybody. Because if you're an agent who has multiple products and, and you're able to sell it over the phone, final expense can sell over the phone. Supplement can sell over the phone. Um, Medicare Advantage, one day, maybe, you know. And so, and, and, and here's the thing. Actually, we didn't touch on that last time, but we should touch on it right now a little bit, right? Um, the you're seeing now that there's a, people talking about how they're able to sell advantage over the phone. And, you know, for me, again, just if you watch the last segment and how compliant driven we were talking about things, um, one of the things that made me a little nervous is trying to figure out, is this really compliant to sell over the phone or not? And what does it take to sell Medicare advantage over the phone? Because we're actually getting set up to do it. So, so our, our, you know, our office out of Georgia is set up to do it. But man, if you saw the hoops we had to jump through, which Brandon is well aware, um, the hoops we had to jump through to, to, to even get ready for that, it, it's, it's enormous. So for me to think that you could just pick up a contract and then be able to, as long as you do a compliant presentation, you can do it over the phone. I don't know if, if, if that's correct or not. What, what are your thoughts? So 
I mentioned in the last segment that there's some black and white within the regulatory side compliance. And then there's what I'd call some nuanced ambiguity, shades of gray. But unless I've missed a memo, call, doing telesales as an individual agent over the phone fully is non-compliant. Uh, I understand some of my colleagues in the distribution world are positioning certain things in a way for them to, to say, hey, you can actually sell compliantly over the phone. And there is a process that can be done to do it. And I'll maybe describe that here in a moment. But to make a general overarching statement that if you have this software, hook up your Bluetooth and get on the computer and go at it, the answer would be no, Eric. Um, and, and maybe I'll stop there for, for any rebuttal that you have or redirect. Um, but to your point, I, I, we worked, uh, I worked uh, from the onset with uh, the carriers that we're going to be uh, approved for, for the call center you mentioned in Georgia. And I've actually, in my previous history, set up maybe six or seven call centers with various carriers. And having done it on the carrier side myself, it is an arduous 300-page document, site visit, scrutiny uh, process that I just, why would we go through all of that and invest a couple of hundred thousand dollars for setup? when all I had to do is say, oh, I have a contract, I can do it over the phone, no. Yeah, it just, it, 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 when, when you're on the other side and you, you see what it takes, it does make you question a lot. And, and again, I only bring it up as a caution, right? I mean, really that's what it is because as I said before, my, my main intent for the university is to train up people to get up in this industry and be successful, but to be successful, you need longevity. So uh, I just, I don't want agents to get caught up in a position where that longevity is cut short because of doing something that's possibly and, and non-compliant and not necessarily because of uh, uh, something being done purposely, but more out of, and I don't even know if ignorance is the right word, but just maybe not being fully aware of all the intricacies involved in getting approved to do it over the phone. So I'll go a step deeper because I, I want to, you know, here's what I would say from a, a a mea culpa, no ego involved standpoint, if someone can correct me and set the record straight, then we'll engage that concept and process just like everyone else because the tools that they're leveraging to say that messaging that you can do it over the phone, we've invested in that tool. We have that tool. That tool is designed to be specifically used by brokers for certain types of online activity, uh, distance online activity, but it is not a proxy for the kitchen table. It is not a replacement. Uh, for what we have to do as a certified telesales center approved carrier by carrier going through their processes. So if I've got a Ferrari in my garage and I'm not driving it at the right limit, please somebody explain it. But until that moment happens, uh, we are of the position and with my experience and even having gone to that uh, particular vendor directly, they would not validate the use of that tool for that purpose. Yeah. And, and trust me when I tell you there is, I want it so bad to be the way that, that we, we're hearing it to be. Uh, I know Brandon is the same thing. I mean, that would be such a huge tool to bring to the broker market. Um, as, you know, but, but it's just, unfortunately, just as of right now, it doesn't sound like it, it is exact. It's not what we think it is from what we can take. Right. So I'll do a little history here in 96, obviously it was all unknown. Medicare was shifting and changing. 2006, we allowed brokers. It, were the, it was the first wave of Medicare.gov, which is the forerunner of, of Plan uh, Finder that, that the one chassis is built on as far as technology. And I was at Care Improvement Plus in 2007, 
And that first AEP, we received 60 enrollments that people actually did online through the Plan Finder portal. Do you know we didn't know what to do with them? We didn't know where they came from. We thought they were non-compliant. How in the world would someone just automatically enroll online? We went berserk until we found out that they actually had done it through the CMS system. Fast forward, you now have carriers who are creating these personalized URLs, these pearls, where you can, as an agent, get your information out there. You can direct people that you conducted a compliant presentation for, but was not able to get an application at point of sale. They can go online and enroll with those MA carriers and you get credit for it. That is a hyper leap forward as it relates to technology and giving agents access to virtual selling, even though again, they're all predicated on having done a compliant kitchen table presentation. To take that one more step, and I won't mention the carrier specifically, but it's a great carrier. They actually have an 800 number that they'll give Eric Fierro, Brandon Clay. I do that, that compliant presentation kitchen table to keep the analogy going, but they're not able to sell or enroll immediately. They can then call me on the 800 number. It's a recorded line on the carrier server. I do the e-app online and then the signature is gained, is gleaned through electronic means. That's an enrollment. So when I'm seeing all those iterations of progress using technology, I'm excited. I would be off the charts excited if that all just simply evolved to, oh, just do call, you know, outreach and do it over the phone without any of the other due process. But I want to make sure I don't convolute or complicate to use a tool to do a full telesales presentation and enrollment is only compliant if you are a certified call center. Yeah, and that and that takes some hoops to jump through. So it's not it's not like something you'll be able to say, hey, come down and check out my call center and you're set up by tomorrow. So word of caution, that's really all that is. It's a word of caution from from two, two veterans in this business who, um, you know, again, we're just we're looking out for everybody and, and, and we're we're salesmen, so we want it to be like that. We absolutely want it, and trust me, we fought for it to be that way, but it's just not. Not right now. And again, to Brandon's point, if there's people out there who can correct us and point us in the right direction or tell us like how it is compliant or how it can be, like, man, we're open. We're completely open to hear it because we, again, we want it to be that way. As of right now, it's just our understanding is it's not. So... Uh, anything else that you want to touch on, Brandon, regarding the lead gen then in terms of, I mean, I think we've covered a good part in saying like why we need to use final expenses, that chassis, uh, or, or the door opener so that you can later on make Medicare Advantage sales. Um, I wanted to ask really quick with uh, final expense sales, and when you're talking about pairing it with Medicare Advantage, do you find that is it, in, is it more that final ex the people who are buying final expense are buying the chronic illness and dual eligible Medicare Advantage plans, or are they also buying just an even proportion traditional regular Medicare Advantage plans? Great question. So it's usually a derivation of income. So uh, as odd as it'll seem, we drop from zero to 15,000, 15,000 to 30,000. And, and in each one of those categories, you're going to have a prevalence of dual eligible and or LIS eligible or LIS uh, that they're already receiving. And, but no, so 40% of our entire lead uh, uh, database, and there's hundreds of thousands of names in it, are likely dual or LIS. But additionally, 15, 20, 25% above that number 
are just regular MAPB people that we need to sell a zero premium PPO or a $39, what we call open access, no in and out of network differential for PPO. They're willing to spend a little money, but they might not be able to spend 120, 130, 150 for a, a, a plan G and a part D. But we're also now, because we're shifting the way we do our demographics, we are starting to see more off of the final expense chassis meds up. And our organization, I don't know what your agents out there are doing now, but mortgage protection, which is ultimately a simplified term product. It's a higher echelon lead. And in Arizona is a great example. I trained some agents that write a lot of meds up in Arizona and say, oh, I'm sorry, write a lot of mortgage protection in Arizona and said, look, all you've got to do on your phone is a CSG 30 second rate quote and say, oh, by the way, who's your meds up with? Quote the rate. You just put another hard product in the house, simplified term for the mortgage, get the mortgage, get the Medicare supplement. So without dancing around too much, Eric, finally spent MA, Reese's cup, peanut butter, and chocolate. Mortgage protection and med sup, same exact thing. And, and not to, I've had three large carriers come to me and say, Brandon, we love your chassis, we love the approach. How do we get meds up guys to write final expense? Combo app doesn't seem to drive the traffic. Uh, single, single chassis underwriting. If they get approved for the meds up, then the final expense is a given. I just saved someone from a plan F to plan G, 60 bucks a month. A combo app with a one chassis underwriting spectrum is an immediate final expense application. But my point is they're finding that final expense need to add MA, meds up needs to add final expense. The carriers are trying to figure out how to help us do it. Right. Uh, I didn't just go around in several circles. I think the key to all the things would be lead generation is a byproduct of portfolio selling. Lead generation is a byproduct of doing direct mail type of activity, but having multiple layers of opportunity baked into that lead so that you're not just doing one thing, one trick pony myopathy. And I always literally ask agents, how do you eat your chicken wing? Don't leave any meat on the bone. If you've got a lead, get everything that's viable, that's valuable, not overselling, viable and valuable in the home. And then lastly for that, these people, the beneficiaries, the underserved but well-deserved well population, they want the most compliant, com comprehensive coverage, but they need to be able to afford it. They don't like gaps. They're not like my young gun kids that when the ACA came out, rejected it at every notion, and then when they were finally compulsed to buy one, bought the cheapest, highest deductible plan they could find, praying they never get sick because they're invincible. But with the seniors, hospitalization is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great, great points, man. And, and I think that, uh, you know, again, this, this website, the, the university, it's going to evolve to teach you all these products. There's a lot of these products already available on there that you can cross sell, that you can uh, use as the lead generator to get in the door and start talking. Um, you know, but it's, it's all these tools are going to be at your disposal. You just got to do it, you know, and at the end of the day, as insurance agents, we're still, we're, we're like our own little small businesses and we need to invest. So it's, it's difficult because I think there's, you know, 
because of the amount of FMOs out there, they're always vying for agents' businesses. Um, you know, they try to tout things like, I'll give you free leads, I'll give you free leads. And so that becomes a shopping point for agents to say, well, who's going to give me the free leads, you know? Uh, but you never know what those leads are composed of. You really don't. And at the end of the day, part of what Brandon said earlier is, I mean, you're, you're ultimately in control. So if you want to take control of your career and your trajectory, it will take spending some money of your own into something more quality or something that you control so that you can make the best end result out of it. And trust me, there's a lot of great agents out there who can freaking take, get, get a bunch of lemons and make lemonade. Um, but you know, it's, it's my, my point is though, you do need to be willing to spend money. Um, you know, and, and so I just, I think that that's why even in the university, you're going to see it in order to sell over the phone, there's several tools you'll need. And, you know, although I can get you those tools at a reduced cost or a discounted cost as being members of the university, it's still an investment on your part. And doing mail drops is still an investment on your part. Um, I'm actually going to be adding a section, though, where we can get it. Uh, you can get mail drops uh, three, $365,000 per thousand, um, you know, that you'll, you'll have access to that. I'll show you guys how to do that. But still, you have to invest, you know. And so you, you couple the lead generation, you investing in it with the practices that Brandon's talking about and that you'll find throughout the university, it's a, it's a recipe for winning, you know, but you got to put the work behind it. Anything you want to wrap up with there, Brandon? No, well, Eric, all great points. And I think it's fantastic. And always just maybe as a final, there's right timing, right opportunity, right people. Your people are your partnerships being aligned with people like Eric who are giving you literally look, I, my book is titled Six Hours to Six Figures. You give me six hours, I'm going to put you on the trajectory. But six hours is just the beginning. You then need mentors, training, development. You need tools like what he's providing for you. So to me, it's off the charts that you're providing this level of access and opportunity and information and, and giving it, in essence. So you need your partnerships to be good. And yeah, that means IMOs, contracts, free leads. I get it. But don't just look at things the way you might look at a zero premium Medicare Advantage plan. That doesn't always tell the whole story. But then in terms of timing, there is no better time than 2019 into 2020. I don't know what the next season will bring, but this one, it's an anomaly. It's a great equinox. Do not get left behind. And then when you think about uh, the opportunity, this is an expanding industry. It's an expanding, uh, it's an amazing thing. The carriers, having been there, have actually tried to figure out how to do distribution without us. They've tried to figure out how to do it without me and Miss Mamie at that kitchen table. Won't happen in any short-term fashion. They can't. <laughs> having actually sat in on meetings, my point is the, the, the opportunity, not shrinking, not going away, it's expanding. Timing, get in here now, part people. I love it, Eric, I love what you're doing. And I think I'm actually already now kind of quasi committed, I'm with you. Uh, so if you'll have me, and I'm not just droning on for the purpose of, of uh, being long-winded, which is normally a, an issue, I'm in. Yeah, and that's what I need. I just, people that believe in the vision and just helping people, uh, you know, I, again, our ultimate goal is to see others being successful, you know, and if you want to come along on the ride with us in terms of, you know, letting us be your your IMO, I mean, we're, we're all for it as well, but that's not the intention of why, uh, you know, I brought out the site and, and are letting people access it for free. Um, and you'll see us. So I'm not going to sit there and harp and bang and phone call or do anything like that. No, no. You can reach out to me if you'd like to. You can see that, you know, we're going to have, again, um, with, with my partnership with Heartland Financial Group, um, you know, we, we have some amazing talent on the team that our, our, our goal is just to see 
independent agents grow and do well. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely something that I think is a great thing that we can tout. Um, but, you know, again, we also just want to provide value for just to provide value. And that's what we're doing with this webinar here today. So, Brandon, thanks so much again for coming on. I look forward to having you help me out, too, with throwing up some trainings on final expense uh, that'll, that I'll add to the university. Uh, I think a lot of agents are going to find a lot of value from that, too. No, perfect, Gary. Thank you, man. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll see you guys on the next video.